Let's take our Bibles this evening to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. One of the things you'll notice upon turning over to Psalm 42 is the inscription that says to the choir master, a mask of the sons of Korah. Now, obviously, the fact that this prayer was recorded and written down and given to the choir master tells us that it's going to be used in the public worship at the temple. But I want to note two things here before we get into our text. First of all, the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were a group of priests who were charged with the ministry of singing. They led the singing, they wrote the songs, they kept the hymn books, so on and so forth. In fact, in 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 19, it describes the Korites in action. It says, The Korites, or the sons of Korah, stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And so we see here that they gave praise to God by singing. And so the heading implies that, again, this, is, this prayer was to be sung. But the second thing that I want us to uh, notice here is that the heading is called a maskal. Now the word maskal comes from a verb, Hebrew verb, that means to make wise or to instruct. And so this song is to instruct us about something. Now, we need to ask ourselves, what is it instructing us? Well, interesting, when we look at the Psalms, the 150 Psalms that we have, one thing we notice is that they're songs, and songs are written to shape our emotional life. Now, people in general, and particularly Christians, have a problem with emotions. People either go to one extreme or the other. On one hand, you'll have people that are so driven by emotion, their emotion controls them, every decision they make is based on emotion. On the other hand, you'll have people, and Christians included, that will deny emotion. They have no emotions about anything. You know, it's just very cold and sterile. And yet, as believers, we're to be balanced between those two points. We can't deny our emotions, and at the same time, we cannot be driven by our emotions. So we have to find a balance. But if to sit there and to go to one extreme or the other, as a believer, would be sinful. So if we're denying emotion, that's sinful. And if we're being controlled by emotion, that's sinful as well. And so we have 150 different psalms that are written to teach us how to handle emotion. And Psalm 42 in particular is written to help us deal with the emotion of loneliness. Now right now we're quarantined. We have quote-unquote stay-at-home orders. And for the first time, the majority of people are experiencing what it means to be cut off from people. Now, certainly we can write people, call people, talk to people, text people, so on and so forth. But as far as that face-to-face -face interaction goes, it's non-existent. We're very limited. And so there is a growing, um, overwhelming feeling of isolation and loneliness that people don't know what to do with. And so I believe Psalm 42 can give us some direction as to how to deal with the emotion of loneliness. Is it wrong to have that feeling? No. Okay. A feeling of loneliness is not sinful. If you deny that you feel lonely, that's sinful. If you allow the emotion of loneliness to drive you to do things that aren't God-honoring, that's wrong as well. And so we want to look at Psalm 42 this evening to see how do we handle this emotion of loneliness. And so we're going to entitle Psalm 42, The Prayer of the Lonely. Verses 1 through 5, we're going to see that the psalmist was lonely for God's house. And then in verses 6 through 11, we're going to see that he was longing for God's help. He was longing for God's help. 
Let's read in verse 1, verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 42. It says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears, notice his tears, have been his food day and night. He's been crying day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? He's experiencing feelings so much so that he's disturbed. He can't concentrate. He says, hope in God. For I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. The psalmist begins by describing his thirst for God in a picture of a deer thirsting for water in the desert as the deer pants for the water brooks. Now a water brook are those springs that flow continually from these subterranean rivers. And he describes his thirst for God that way. I'm in a desert. And I'm parched. I'm thirsting for God. And I'm looking for one of these uh, subterranean rivers that's bubbling up with refreshing water. And I have to ask, right now, being cut off from the people of God, being cut off from the house of God, per se, I mean, we're still the church. We're not going to stop being the church just because right now we can't formally meet together. The church is more than just a building, it's the people. But the church is the place where we come together, where we interact face to face. But how many of you right now would be honest to say that you're thirsting for God? You're thirsting to be back with God's people. You're thirsting to be in the house of worship. Now perhaps some of you, doesn't bother you at all. You're just as content. But I think as Christians, if we're going to be honest, we would have to say that we should say, yeah, I'm thirsty to be back in corporate worship. Yeah, I'm thirsty to be meeting back together face-to-face with God's people. The psalmist here has been cut off. He repeats the thought in verse 2. My soul pants... For you, O God, my soul thirst for God, for the living God. His soul, that's himself. He says, you know, my innermost being, my emotion, the, the, the thing that drives my emotion is thirsting and the only thing that's going to satisfy it in the same way that streams of water satisfy the deer is to meet with the living God. Again, I ask, do you have that thirst? Perhaps what's why the reason you're lonely isn't simply because you're cut off from people, but maybe you, you, you're cut off from God right now. Maybe you need to acknowledge the fact that what's really driving your feelings of loneliness is the fact that you're panting for God. And as believers, we should be thirsting for God. We should be hungering and thirsting after God, His kingdom, His righteousness. 
But maybe you're panning for something else. You know, his thirst is no vague spirituality. He says, I'm panting for the living God. He has an elemental need that must be met. What did Jesus say in Matthew 5? He said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? They will be filled. If you're experiencing a feeling of loneliness, identify that loneliness. And then you identify that loneliness, acknowledge that there's a loneliness For the people of God, there's a loneliness for the things of God, the preaching of God, the worship of God, and then pant after God, thirst after God. And if you're thirsting for Him, He says, I will fill you. Notice His longing provokes a question. When shall I come and appear before God? When am I going to be able to come back to the temple where God dwells and see His face? When am I going to be able to go back and meet in the church building? For whatever reason, the psalmist had an inability to go up to Jerusalem. He couldn't go to the place of worship. And he's grieving. Maybe that's why you're lonely. Your tear, his tears, he says, feed him day and night. That is continually. His tears are his elemental food, his bread. And then he's got people around him. Where is your God? Mocking him. Again, certainly we're, we're living in a day and an age where we have people that are mocking God. I can't tell you how repeatedly I've heard people say over the last several weeks, you know, oh, you guys are Christians. Well, where's your God in the pandemic? He's still on the throne of God. He hasn't gone anywhere. Well, if there's a God, why is he allowing this evil? Why is he allowing this? Why is he doing that? And then, of course, you have you know, a governor who stands there and says, you know, hey, listen, we, didn't low- we lowered this number. God didn't do it at all. Goes to the Catholic Church, confesses sin to a priest, and yet denies that God exists and God, God works. So there's mocking all around us. Where is your God? And in his mind, the psalmist is going back to the happier days. And by going back to those happier days, it just reinforces his sadness and his loneliness. He remembers worship. He remembers his procession with the multitude going to God's house. Echoing in his mind the voice of joy and praise. Perhaps the words of Psalm 100 verse 1, Make a joyful shout to the Lord. That's how we're supposed to come to the house of the Lord. He remembers the multitude gathered together with him, keeping a pilgrimage, a festival, when they came together to worship. And now, he's lonely. He's by himself. He's cut off from the people of God, cut off from the place of God, and he's lonely for not just the people, But he's lonely to be back in God's house. This picture of this deep sense of loss, this deep sense of loneliness, ought to raise a question about worship. Do you even remember what it was like to worship? Now, to be honest, I mean, we're talking four weeks ago. But it's hard to think. Man, it's been four weeks since we've been in church. It's been four weeks since we've been in the building. Yeah. For some of you, maybe a little longer. 
Do you remember what it was like to gather with God's people? And when we think back to those times, does it cause you grief or despair or loneliness not to be with the people of God, not to be in God's house? You know, I would certainly hope that when the time comes that we can once again gather together, we simply won't be participants in God's house. I mean, rather, we wouldn't be spectators in God's house, but instead we'd be participators in God's house. I would certainly pray that one of the things that comes through all of this is that when we get back to where we can get back together, that we'll look for ways to serve the Lord. We'll look for ways to participate rather than just sitting back and spectating. The memory of worship provokes an introspective question. The psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Literally, his insides were murmuring, growling, roaring. He's discouraged. He's agitated. And then he exhorts his soul, Hope in God. In this hope, he knows that praise will return. God will restore him. God will deliver him from his loneliness. God will manifest his face to him once again. Now that brings us to verses 6 through 11. Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. He repeats exactly what he just said. Therefore I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. He was lonely for God's house. Now he's longing for God's help. See, as he began to identify exactly why he was lonely, now he, it turned to a longing, a desire for God's help. The turn in the meditation to direct prayer is important. In seeking comfort, he taps into that memory, not of the temple, but now he begins to think of the other places where God has met him in the past. The land of Jordan, Mount Hermon, the Mizar Hill. In all of these places, the psalmist says, I will remember you. Think back to the other times where you have met with God. Maybe it was in the quietness of your devotion time. Maybe it was in the busyness of, of, of the work day. Maybe it was while you were driving down the street somewhere. Maybe it was as you were shopping somewhere. And God spoke to you in, in, in a very tangible way. Not an audible voice per se, but brought something back. something, Some verse of scripture. And it nourished your soul. He says, go back to those times as well. Now notice he says, deep calls on to deep at the noise of your waterfall. The waterfalls, the waves, the billows have all gone over him. He, he, what, he, what he's expressing here is that he has experienced a sense of loss, a loneliness of God's absence, as if he's been engulfed in water. 
as if he's drowning. He says, my lon- I'm drowning in my loneliness. And the only thing I can do now is think back to those times where I've cried out to God and God has answered me. And yet he says, even though he feels like he's drowning, he trusts that in God's loving kindness. That word loving kindness describes his covenant love. It's with him in the daytime, and that song will take him through the night. And then that final sentence, a prayer to the God of my life. Literally, his song shall be with me, even a prayer to the God of my life. He's given us a clue for dealing with the sense of loss, the sense of loneliness. First, we need to remember that when God has met us in the past. If you're feeling lonely right now, go back to a time when God, you know God was with you. Second, he he learned to trust his love for the future, even in the night. Listen, things are easy in the daylight, he says. But man, when it's nighttime, when everything's quiet and you're laying there and you're in your own mind, you say, boy, that's really when we need God. Well, sing a song, the psalmist says. You know, when you find your mind wandering, sing a song. Sing something about God's faithfulness. Sing something about God's loving kindness. Sing something about God's holiness, His mercy, His love, His justice, whatever. He says God is His rock. God's his security. But this security has almost become his insecurity. He's mourning because of the oppression of the enemy. During this absence, during this season of loneliness, the enemy has come up and began scoffing and reproaching and continually asking, where is your God? And my friends, sometimes it's not the people on the outside. It's not the pagans. It's not the unbelievers who are saying, where is your God? Sometimes it's even within your own mind. It's in your own mind. You're beginning to wonder, where's God at? What's He doing? Has He forgotten me? His soul's cast down. But He says, I still have hope in God. I still have a future because God is the living God, yet I will still praise Him for the help of His countenance. To the help of, of my countenance and my God, I will praise the Lord for the help that he will give me. If you're feeling lonely, don't despair. Don't think that there's something wrong with you. Now, don't shut yourself off from the loneliness. Don't deny the loneliness. Embrace the loneliness. At the same time, don't let the loneliness control you. Don't let your, your thoughts run amok. Don't let your, your, your thoughts go crazy and haywire. And start making decisions because you're lonely. Embrace the loneliness. Take that loneliness. Dig down into it. Peel the layers back as if peeling the layers of an onion. And begin to identify the things that you're lonely for. And at the heart of that, there is going to be for the child of God, there's a loneliness for God's presence. There's a loneliness for the people of God. There's a loneliness for the corporate worship. And that's okay. But then, do six things that I'm going to give you here to turn your loneliness 
into longing. And that longing into joy. First, you need to respond to your circumstances. Ask God why. Lord, what do you have for me in this? And you know, that's going to be different for all of us. God has something for all of us to learn in this time. Respond to your circumstances. Ask God why. Second, in the midst of his discouragement, he affirms God's love for him. You've got to secondly affirm God's love for you. Listen, just because God may be silent or just because you're not in the, in the place of worship, you're not with the people of God, doesn't mean that God has stopped loving you. You need to remind yourself of that. That God's mercy, His love is new every day. This doesn't say in the good days. All days, every day. Sometimes you need to remind yourself of that in the morning. Sometimes in the noonday. Sometimes in the night. Third, He sings to the Lord at night. Now, I would challenge you, if you're feeling lonely, and again, nighttime seems to be the worst time, Sing a song, a hymn, a song of praise, a spiritual song. Something Bible-based. Something to get your mind off yourself and on to God. God has given us music as a means of controlling our emotion. Sing a song, number four. Preach to your own soul. That's what the psalmist was doing here. He was preaching to his own soul. Soul, why are you disturbed? Soul, you didn't remember God's love. So, you know what? Open the Bible. Find some verses, maybe verses we've already preached through in the last several weeks, and go back and preach those to yourself. Number five, remember what God has done. I've said it before, and I'll repeat it again and again and again until it gets driven home. Remember God's goodness in the past. And finally, thirst for God. Thirst for God. What are you thirsting for? Are you thirsting for relief from this threatening circumstances? Are you thirsting for some escape from the situation? And to be honest, I'm sure all of us... Is, one point or another, have thirsted for that. But above all, you need to be thirsting for two things. If you're going to embrace your loneliness and get control of it, you've got a thirst for God's help. And you've got a thirst for God's house. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we come before you and we... Thank and praise you for our time together this evening, though brief, to look at some things here from Psalm 42. Father, everybody experiences feelings of loneliness at one time or another. And Father, it is a time for us to be introspective. It is a time for us to look within and to identify, Lord, what really is driving our loneliness. And for the children of God, I certainly pray, Lord, that what drives us is a, uh, at the heart is a loneliness for your people a loneliness for your house because we are cut off in a sense. But Lord, at the same time, I pray that you'd give us, you'd replace that loneliness with a longing for help, that we would cry out to you, that we'd turn to you, Lord, whether it's in prayer, 
whether it's in praise, whether it's remembering your past act, whether it's preaching to ourselves. But Lord, I pray that in the midst of our loneliness, you would give us a thirst for you, for your house, and for your help. We pray in your son's precious name. Amen.